Good morning. Welcome to Thursday morning, July the 14th, 2022 on When I Rise. Today we continue Year C, Proper Week 11, which is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. On the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes from this week from the Rise Common Lectionary. And this week in the church's calendar year, and so we find ourselves back in the book of Colossians. We started it off last week, so we'll pick up chapter 1, verses 15 through 28. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 28. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue to live and continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of God for us. So I understand that not everyone's a Lord of the Rings fan, but uh, if you are, this will be heartwarming to you. If you are not, just try to bear with us for a moment. But uh, if you can recall, there's a couple of support characters in the great quest of the Lord of the Rings, Legolas and Gimli. One is an elf and the other one's a dwarf. And they have this kind of friendly competition, uh, banter between them. And they seem to be best of friends throughout the majority of the uh, three Lord of the Rings movies. Um, but if you know The Hobbit, you know the backstory that um, in ages past, uh, elves and dwarves did not get along with one another. In fact, there was a betrayal between their two uh, groups of people because there's actually a lived-in set of uh, animosity and even bitterness towards one another. And so what was so heartwarming about this little subplot of the movie is that this elf and this dwarf, who had been trained their whole lives to despise the other, had found a way to broker peace between themselves. Uh, in Colossians chapter 1, our passage for today, it's a great big long passage. Verses 15 through 20 is uh, just a, a paragraph of hyperbole. There's a lot of great big ideas here. It's once again a great run-on sentence. The grammar teacher of Paul would have had a heyday with this passage. Um, but it talks about Jesus is supremacy has supremacy over all things. Uh, particularly, look at verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. So before Paul makes a grander statement, 
in verses 21 through uh, 24 or 23 um, as like more of the, the ministry statement. He makes this big theological statement that uh, Jesus fills all things and all things are created because of him and through him. And he's in the front of the line in all things. And so from that, uh, Paul begins to try to land the ramifications of such a statement and what it means for uh, the believers in Colossae, what it also means for believers in our lives today. He says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So what happened uh, for each of us uh, in order for us to be in the people of God? It wasn't just that we were bad people made better, is that we were enemies of God and we earned that title as enemies because of our evil behavior, because of our conclusions, because of our misdeeds, because of, of the things that we left undone. Like those things classified us quantitatively and qualitatively as the enemies of God. It all, all mounted up that we were at odds with God. But because of Christ, We've been reconciled, like the, the debt's been paid. Um, there's no longer an accusation against us. I love that idea in verse 22, that we are without a blemish and we are free from accusation. So in the court of appeals, if the accuser were to try to convince the judge, being God, that we are actually not in God's family, that we should be God's enemies, they would find that the case file is completely empty there's nothing that they could say against us because we've been made new once more because we've been found in Christ. And this is what something that Paul says, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So Paul says, this message has already been proclaimed to every, every person, every creature under heaven. What his responsibility is now is to continue to go from place to place and to speak more clearly about something that we know deep within us, that a great, huge, benevolent God is not counting our sins against us, but He's brought, but he desires to bring us into the family of God. So Paul's just going from place to place. What he's doing more than anything else, just being a curator of a museum of redemption. He's saying, this is what God's already done. Like new life has been has been conveyed and expressed all the way through the whole entire cosmos. So now what is our response? Is this to respond to the great love of God that's already been displayed upon the cross, through the empty tomb, and through now the confession of the church. And so we begin this day with this great startling idea that we used to be enemies. That we used to rehearse our our, our positions against God and God, I guess, could argue his position against us. Because in Christ, now we have this new friendship. Something has gone down, but it's been repaired. There, there's a scar that's that's healed the fracture and the wound that was between us and God. And we're now in God's family. Just like Legolas and Gimli, we can now chart a new path where we express a friendship with one another instead of rehearsing the old ways of being enemies from one another. This has got a lot of ramifications, but one that kind of comes to the surface, for me at least, is to say, hey, we don't have to have our own agenda today. We can go out with the agenda of God. He's, he's got this great big plan and story. He's got this idea for how he wants the world to be conducted. And he's got a dream for every life that we encounter today. And so how that lands for me practically is to consider what's God's plan for this person in front of me? And not what are my preconceived notions about this person? 
perhaps what we can be- begin to reckon for every life that we encounter today is this person's created in the image and likeness of God, that God loves them with an everlasting love. So maybe I should treat them accordingly. Uh, with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the great truth that we meet today, that we are in the family of God, that even though we used to be enemies of you, God, you sought to reconcile us. You made the move. You brought us into your family. You removed the record of sins against us. We thank you that we stand free and clean and also free from accusation. May that new hope and may that um, love abound in our hearts and may it cause us to have a great enthusiasm for today but also a new set of lenses to view all of life, including the people that we share it with. I pray that just as you came and you made peace with us, that we'd make peace with others, that we'd seek to understand and that we would embrace, that we would not divide from one another, that we'd uh, strive for that uh, connection and a place of peace. And I pray that because of that, the the world would would be healed around us. So start within us, give us a non-anxious presence. I pray that you would help us not to play for keeps, play for connection today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.